part of God's kindness to us is that he wired us to be habitual people. Habits I'm talking about. And habits are excellent things because, well, they make us better people. Of course, the opposite is also accurate in that habits can be our worst nightmares. I want to talk about the upside and the downside of habits in this podcast. If you want to read this podcast, I would love for you to do that. You can find it under this title, The Powerful Upside and Downside of Habits. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. We are habitual people. That is a very, very good thing. But as I've said, it can be our worst nightmare. We can get ourselves in patterns and behaviors and ways of doing things habituations that are negative they are harmful harmful to us harmful to others well this is what we call an addiction being caught as paul talked about in galatians 6 1. and so let's talk about the positive habits we'll look at the negative habits i want to give you an illustration with my my friends biff and mabel and then give you some insight on how we can help Uh, someone who's habituated himself in a bad habit. But I want to talk about the upside of habits first. Imagine riding a bicycle while looking at your feet all the time to make sure you placed your feet correctly on the pedals. You don't do that. You'll run into a tree, a car, a sign. You ride your bicycle after you learn to ride your bicycle, after you create the habit of bike riding, Well, you don't look at your feet any longer. In fact, when your feet slip off the pedals, you automatically put them back on the pedals without even looking down. That is a very good habit. Imagine trying to type while watching your fingers make each keystroke. I remember when I learned how to type in 10th grade, our typewriters did not have the numbers and the letters on them. They were blank keys. Every key was blank And I didn't learn on a computer. I learned on paper, and we couldn't make any mistakes. Well, of course, we made a lot of mistakes, but we I think that we learn how to type faster than people who had the option to cheat, to sneak peeks and look at the keys to see if they were hitting the right letter or number or not. And so I think it was ingenious. They made our typewriters without letters and numbers on them. And now... Well, however you learn, you learn how to type, and you don't look at the keystrokes anymore. That allows you to focus on other things. You have a very good habit. Imagine trying to get out of bed in the morning while focusing on each muscle movement to make sure that all of them are moving in the appropriate and synergetic ways. If we had to do those things, it would be virtually impossible to accomplish anything. Have you ever arrived somewhere like work and then reflected about how you're not sure how you got there? I've done that many times. Now, that can be scary when you think about it or if you analyze it just a bit too far. You remember starting your drive from your home and then you remember ending in the parking lot where you work and you're not sure how you got there. The reason for this is because you've made that trip to work many times. You know the route. You know what to expect. 
though you were not on autopilot because you were paying attention to the drive, you were not overly aware of all the non-essential aspects along the way. Perhaps you can think back to when you first made that trip to work. It seemed so far, it seemed so long, maybe, like you would never get there, and you noticed everything. You looked at this house and that tree. You noticed where the gas stations were, as well as any unusual things along the route. You can't always have a hyper-awareness of everything along the way of work. The, to work, the mental and physical toll would exhaust you. By being habitual, you enjoy other things while making your way to the destination. You are paying attention, but you have created a habit that allows you to not focus on the non-essential things. You are now free to function at optimal levels. Let me bring this into the spiritual realm, that realm, this idea of freedom to function at optimal levels. What about your prayer life? It is a good thing to have a familiar location for prayer. If you pray in a closet, for example, and you have been praying in a closet, I'm talking about a literal closet. Now, you don't have to do this, but if you pray in a, in a literal closet or you pray in the same place for months and years, what you have done is created an undistracted environment to focus on the most important thing, which is unhindered talks with God. When I was physically able before all of my back issues, I would pray in a literal closet, my closet in my bedroom. I carved out my prayer spot. I was fully aware when I first did this, started this, many years ago, I was fully aware of all my surroundings. I noticed the clothes hanging from the bar, the shoes on the floor, the light under the door, and the general layout of the closet space. But guess what happened? After a while, I could sit on the floor. It was like driving the work. I don't know how I got there. I'd sit on the floor and I'd not notice the clothes hanging from the bar, the shoes on the floor, or the light under the door because it was my habit to pray. And my habit served me to focus on what was most important. This is the upside to habits and you want to create them. I have another article on my website about the necessity of sitting in the same place at your church meetings on Sunday morning. I know we poke fun at the person who has to sit in the same seat all the time, but when you sit in the same seat all the time for years, after a while, you're not distracted by the non-essential things. You know where everything is and you just don't pay attention to it, which allows you to focus on the main thing, the teaching of the word, the worship, uh, whatever's happening on the stage, but these are the upsides of habits, and it's how God has made us. And while habits can be to your spiritual good, there are other habituated practices that will drive you to destruction. This is the downside of habits, and this is the concept that Paul talked about in Galatians 6.1. You know the text well. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught, there it is. It's an addiction. You don't get caught the first time you try something, but you do this after you 
you get you become caught after you do something habitually. I used the illustration of my dad the first time that he drank alcohol when he was 21 years old. He was not caught. It was not his habit. He had not habituated himself in alcohol, but he did it again and again and again and again until after a while alcohol owned him. He was caught. It was his default. Whenever stress came into his life, whenever he was frustrated with something, which was often, he had an automatic response to that. He was a caught man. He was habituated. He was a drunkard. Paul says in Galatians 6.1, If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And then he gives this last sentence, Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. The word caught, as you know in this text, doesn't mean I caught you as though you're busted. It means that you're in a trap as though it owns you, like my dad. It controls you. And this entrapment happens because a person has participated in a specific sin over time until he has created a situation to where when particular events or things happen, he immediately begins a sequence of thinking and doing that leads to a behavioral sin. I want to give you an illustration of this that's common to many of us. is pornography. Pornography is a classic example of, of sinful habituations, or as Paul talked about, being caught. Biff has been struggling with porn for years. It is his habit, and his lust for porn has captured him, caught him. He's in a snare. He can't get out. His marriage is not what it ought to be. His wife, Mabel, is negative and critical, and Biff does not know how to lead her, love her. He doesn't know how to disciple her. He needs someone to come alongside him to, to help him to be the Christian man that he needs to be. But he hasn't been. Both of them are selfish. Both of them are unable to work through the real problems of their marriage. But for Biff, he has a trigger. It's the standard trigger that leads to him viewing porn it's, it's when he has an argument, or right after he has an argument with Mabel. Biff is weary of her nagging. He also has a high view of himself in that Biff believes that he deserves better than what he is receiving from her. And so when you have a man who is tempted to self-pity, he believes that he deserves better. That woman you gave me, Lord. And once you go down that path, you will start looking uh, for a way of escape. You will worship at the idol of comfort, and you would look for a way to comfort you, comfort yourself, because, well, Mabel is not doing it. She is a nag. She is a hypercritical person. He would like for Mabel to be something that she is not. And after an argument, he begins to spiral down into self-pity. Again, he thinks that he deserves better. Now, over the years, when things like this happen, after an argument, Biff turns to pornography and masturbation as a way of self-medicating his sinful self-pity. Now he doesn't even think about it. He doesn't even think about it. These triggers happen. Him and Mabel get in an argument. Biff will go into self-pity. He will worship at the idol of comfort. He will go into self-medication, which is pornography for him. 
he has habituated himself into porn. Habits can be a powerful means of grace to assist you in your walk down paths of righteousness, as David talked about in in Psalm 23. God leads us in paths of righteousness. These are the habits that we want to create. Or, like Biff, patterns can be your worst nightmare. They can capture you as you I'll put this in quotation marks. You sin without thinking. Just like driving the work without thinking. You sin without thinking. Now here's the big question for you in this podcast. What habits do you have that keep you habituated in the claws of sin, in the trap of sin? We all have our habituations. Perhaps it's not porn or masturbation. Perhaps it's not alcohol like it was with my dad. I suspect with most of us is various forms of sinful anger as that is the one that, well, it's the most accessible, I would say, to all of us. It is easy to get frustrated. It is a short step to be frustrated with someone who is not meeting your expectations. For me, it can be impatience because I I like doing things fast and quickly, and and let's move on, let's get things done, let's get things accomplished. I am a doer, and of course, being a doer can be can be my my greatest liability, especially when others can't do, can't keep up. But what is yours? I want you to think about yourself. It would be easy to listen to this podcast and say, well, I'm not like Biff. I'm not like Mabel. And perhaps you are like Mabel. Maybe you are a negative and critical spirit. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your negative habit. Just just one, not all of them. You don't need a big list right now. You, you can pull out the list later. But just one habituation that you find yourself in And the first thing that you want to do is you want to own that. You want to say that this is my habit. This is how I am caught. And then you can begin to work through it. What I want to do at the end of this podcast now is I want to give you just a few brief points on how to interact with Biff's specific uh, uh, habituation of pornography. You can read this article on our website, rickthomas.net titled The Powerful Upside and Downside of Habits. You do, want to, you do want to create good habits. This idea of sitting in the same place in the church meeting, prayer time, your study habits, you, you want to do this and you want to create this so that it becomes your default. And also when it comes to this idea of anger, when something adverse comes into your life, something that you don't like, it's legitimately something to dislike. One of the things that I've had to train myself to do is to go to the Lord and ask this question, Lord, what can I learn from this at this moment? What does this negative thing teach me? What is it teaching me and how can I respond righteously to it? That is one of the ways that you can mitigate the anger in your life when things are not going your way by creating a new response habit to that adverse thing. But let's take a look at Biff, and then we'll wrap up here. How would you help Biff to extricate himself from the downside of his sinful habit? Here are a few ideas. The first thing that you want to do with someone like Biff, who is 
habitualized himself in, pornogra in pornography is that you want to help him to understand that the pornography is a secondary issue. It's an important issue that he must amputate. No question he must amputate it, but it is a secondary issue. His behavioral addiction, pornography, points to a deeper issue, as all of our actions do. And so you want to make sure that you don't deal with Biff exclusively about this idea of pornography as though that is the beginning and the end of his problem. It is not. It is a big issue without question, but it is a secondary issue because there is something that is feeding that secondary issue, something going on in his heart. And this is the same for anger. As James says in James 4.1, what causes quarrels? What causes conflict? Anger is the behavior that comes out of your mouth. It is the action. But James says there's something underneath it. So whenever you are interacting with a manifestation of sin, whether it's sinful anger or pornography, you want to understand it as a secondary issue. It must be mitigated, but you also must deal with what is causing it at the level of the heart. So point number two, Biff needs to see his self-righteousness, which is his core problem. You remember me saying Biff thinks he deserves better, deserves better than Mabel? And because he thinks he deserves better than Mabel, he goes and, and he finds something to meet what he believes he deserves. He needs to be comforted. He needs to be loved. He, he needs to feel good, and that's what he is after. He has a high view of himself. He thinks he deserves better when the testimony of Scripture says that he deserves an eternal hell. When he compares what he deserves to what the gospel proclaims we deserve, then that changes the game plan, and it brings him to a place of humility where he realizes that, no, he doesn't deserve better, and what he has is very good compared to what he has. To what he actually deserves. And so he has a greater than, better than attitude. He has exalted righteousness, self-righteousness, and because of that, he is medicating himself. But then you also want to interact with Mabel here. Mabel must see how her self-righteousness, as modeled by her critical and negative disposition, is contributing to Bill's porn and masturbation, I am not saying that Mabel is responsible for what Biff is doing. Biff is making a choice to sin, but it is also true that Mabel is contributing. The ironic thing here is that both of them struggle with the same issue. Biff is self-righteous, believing he deserves better, and of course a critical spirit is self-righteousness as well as Mabel is looking down on Biff. Both of them are sinning differently, but they have a similar core problem. Now, to learn more about how to help this couple, I do have some internal links inside this article. And you're welcome to read these links. There are three articles that are linked here. Go to The Powerful Upside and Downside of Habits, and you can read more about how to help Biff. You can read what I've just shared with you, and hopefully you'll share it with a friend. If you have questions and want to talk about this, please come to our website and let us serve you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.